Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Happiest Pod on Earth. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Ariel. And we are Disney fans, but we are really so much more than that. Uh, This place, this happiest pod on earth, is where we dissect Disney mediums with a critical lens. Yep, exactly. And what are we breaking down today, Ariel? Uh, We are going to talk specifically about jobs. Um, I was actually reading an article this morning from the Wall Street Journal called uh, Forget Going Back to the Office, People Are Just Quitting Instead. Hmm. Yeah, um, very good, good title. You know, if you want you it's if you want some clickbait, that's that's it right there. Right. (laughs) Clickbait with a little bit of info, actual info, actual info. So um, it was really interesting reading this article, which uh, is behind a paywall. uh, But I I think you're allowed to read like one Wall Street Journal article a a day for free or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I was able to read it on my phone Um, and a specific talent consultant in the article named um, Steve uh, Cadigan. I'll say that that's how you pronounce it, unless someone corrects me. Uh, He he said that previously security was stationary and a new job security um, now means that uh, you're more on the move. The the more that uh, someone moves, uh, the more famous they are and the bigger their network is and the closer they get to essentially using um, the movement as a career buffet to find out what they really want and how to Mm. get the best pay. Um, The article really talks about how the pandemic has shifted things for individuals, not only wanting more separation um, and and fluidity when it comes to uh, work uh, home life balance, but he also talked about how people are um, really seeing that diversity uh, in their skill base and in in their their job hunting and in the way that they they navigate and work work has been more rewarding. Um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's really it's really interesting because it's it's doing this verses of like the idea that um, some longevity means you're not reliable versus that it means whereas instead having more uh, fluidity makes you uh, more experienced. Oh, that's very interesting. And you're all probably wondering, what the heck does this have to do with Disney? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, Disney is a big reflection of our real life lives that we portray a little bit more fantastical sometimes. But the reason why we wanted to talk about this is because on Disney Plus, there is a series of little shorts called One Day at Disney. And it describes the different jobs that people have at Disney. And like what Ariel says, kind of can add to your career buffet of sorts. I've never heard that term before, but now I'm probably going to use it forever. Um, Buffet as in, there's a lot of different jobs out there. And I think for us mainly uh, growing up, I guess you could say as millennials, Mm -hmm. um, we were taught to pick a career, one of the big, I guess, five, be a doctor, be a teacher, be a, you know, somebody who works in the hospital at least be a lawyer <laughs> be a lawyer um <laughs> this, this also may be like a more asian parents yes uh, yes some of those jobs, yes but um but i think many of you who might you know have been born somewhere in the late 80s to early 90s can relate to this notion that you need to be able to hold down one job and pick it at an early age mm-hmm. and kind of stick to that and there mm-hmm. are certain i guess you could say tropes of that reflected in many classic Disney movies Mm -hmm. Um, following your dreams of course very positive but also it doesn't show that there's um, there's something to learn about trying new things different things and I think maybe many of the newer 
um, Disney movies are reflecting that. I I think of Soul. Yeah. And how, you know, his journey from being a jazz artist, but then also kind of stepping back and figuring out exactly what he wanted to be because, you know, he had this dream that he never really quite achieved. Um, I know, super spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he's a jazz music teacher, which is just as fulfilling as, you know, being a musician on stage. So Mm -hmm. um, watching those seven minute shorts and if you guys have any um, just extra time to see behind the scenes Disney stuff. I know a lot of you guys are fans of that. Um, yes. People love the Imagineering story like us. Um, one day at Disney kind of brings it to the forefront of how workers are making the magic now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not super now because of the pandemic, but yes. <laughs> definitely updated. Um, so if you're familiar with the parks, if you're familiar with um, Imagineering, you'll love seeing these seven minute clips of real life people describing their real life jobs and how much they love working at Disney. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think, and it really, this article and then just watching some of the narratives of um, different people, these, uh, these jobs in the Disney shorts. um, It's interesting how it, it, you could see it as like some of these people were flighty Um, Mm. something we say millennials are or that they're inexperienced or um, that they're not reliable. Um, And in reality, it was the networking, the variety and skill building and the desire for personal development that created career development, just like this article is saying, is what drove a good chunk of um, these uh, different individuals, real people, um, to find some of the the careers um, and paths they were going for. And, And a lot of them, it was, you know, taking a variety of odd jobs i would say or mm-hmm. um or just taking a risk just just mm-hmm. trying something different that got them to this this dream job this this dream opportunity that has been satisfying mm-hmm. exactly and on top of that i think it's really interesting how people tell us that you know you need to stay at one place in order to gain experience but how do you gain experience when you're having the same experience every single day Um, and I think seeing the journeys of some of these cast members at the park and some of these animators and the way that they've navigated um, landing a job at Disney is so different every single one is vastly different from the others and they go through the same things that we are you know choosing our job has to fit in or maybe vice versa with our lifestyles and the way that we decide to grow our families. And, you know, it's it's very insightful for a very short amount of time. It's only seven minutes, but there's a lot to take away from it. And I think that's um, what's so great about this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, speaking about it being seven minutes, uh, you know, if you have a job or career that's very demanding and time consuming, if you aren't able to binge things or watch a whole movie, mm-hmm. um, it, it can feel like you're missing out on a lot of experiences. So, you know, these shorts only being seven minutes, um, the the narrative is bite sized. It's, it's digestible. Yep. It's fun. It's wholesome. It does feel like Disney. It does feel magical. Um, and and it really is a, a great way to have like a, a breather. So for me, I do um, as a therapist, 45 to 55 minute sessions and they're back to back. And so these seven minute segments are really good. Like I would say palate cleansers, particularly for me, if there was a really hard session or if I a client and I were really processing some deep work, some some trauma work, mm-hmm. like I need to sort of reset before yeah. my next session. Mm-hmm. Uh, this makes it possible. Yeah, it's a great um, it's a great release. Um, And I think 
and I was telling Ariel about this earlier when we were talking about uh, talking about this this series that it definitely feels like a long commercial for <laughs> Disney, which you can say with a critical lens since we are being, you know, skeptical of everything that we mm-hmm. consume, especially media wise. You could say that everything Disney does is a commercial, but yes. this one feels a little bit more just because it is seven minutes. You could definitely place it in between YouTube videos that you are watching. <laughs> However, the quality and the production of it is a little bit more than a commercial. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... um it provides us with an escape. Um, and for you, Ariel, using it between therapy sessions, it's that really quick Disney escape that we need yes. to kind of reset, breathe, and be like, okay, cool. Everything's right in the world. People are achieving their dreams. Let's go help some people. Yes. Yes. It's it's structured, it's formulaic, and it's it's fun. It's very mm-hmm. Disney. You're, yes, it's very it's Disney. very commercial. Um, but I think that's what what makes it easy to, to digest. I don't have to focus on a narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't have to follow character development when I don't I don't have time for that. Yeah. And you learn a little bit more about the park specifically mm-hmm. and the media that mm-hmm. we consume. And so the next time you go to the park, you could be like, hey, I know that guy in the yeah. Nemo submarine. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and these jobs aren't just the Disney parks. It is yeah. literally... It, it is Disney Corporation. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that was a surprise to me because um, I think like the third or fourth episode in, we meet uh, ESPN anchor and it just yes. did not occur to me. Sage well, Steele, is- she's so cool. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, how is this Disney? But it's the Disney Corporation. Umbrella. They, they yep. s- essentially own that uh, ESPN, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Yeah, and I I love that episode particularly since I'm a big sports fan, and as a woman, she um, is. She, <laughs> I am, and um, seeing Sage talk about her story as just a girl that loves sports but wasn't particularly great at them. Um, for all of you girls and guys who play sports but never really make it into the big leagues, that's okay mm-hmm. because you can find other things within the industry and mm-hmm. not just Disney, but I mean, you could apply her story to any yeah. sort of um, sports broadcasting or sports medicine. There's, You don't have to be an athlete, an Olympian mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have a career in sports. And I think um, that's one of the things that I really liked about hearing her story is she was able to find something passionate. She just gets to talk about sports all day. And that's super cool. And she, you know, opens up that door for young girls of color also, because she is a black woman um, as a sports center anchor. And that's huge. It's really big. And it was also really interesting to see like how much variety was even in her job. She writes what she's going to say. She writes yeah. her own scripts. If there's breaking news, like she's just got to pivot and make that that breaking news be integrated into that segment for the day. Um, again, that that networking and diversity, she must have built some skill sets to be able to to learn and navigate and do that or, mm-hmm. you know, essentially sh- like show show your worth, show me like what you can give me besides like that you can read a prompt. It's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm even writing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, who wants to hear somebody talk about sports that doesn't actually know the game and actually yeah. love it? You yeah. just sound kind of ignorant Anchor at that man. point. <laughs> Anchorman, yes. <laughs> Although that is a great satire. I don't think people want to listen to that daily on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's great that you mentioned that, Ariel, that it's the Disney umbrella. And I don't think that they mentioned Star Wars in this one yet, right? Uh, so, okay. Uh, 
Um, what you should know with because there are seven minute segments, season one has like 50 episodes <laughs> uh, over over 50. Um, uh, so I'm I'm in the I think I'm in the 20s. I don't know. I'm in the tens. <laughs> I skip around. And I think that's what's great about this is that you can skip around. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to watch them in succession if you don't want to. No, no, you don't. Um, they they do mention they do mention a, a specific guy. OK, so this um, I can't remember his name, but uh, homeboy introduces uh, himself as um, even my my parents don't really know what I do. And at the end of the seven minute segment, I still don't know what he does. Uh, but um, he. Uh, somehow uh, is involved with the live events that Star Wars has. So he was helping run or was running um, Celebration, the the Star Wars convention. Oh, yeah. And he has mm-hmm. a remote control like BB-8 that he's like engages people with in That's the hallway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can't tell if he helps craft the robotics, if he manages people, if he's <laughs> and he he seems it all. again like his background seemed to be, have so much variety, not just in like tech, but in networking and. And, and like passions that he said this job was essentially like made for me because of like the way that like my my cv my background is um so so he has something to do with star wars and bb8 and and live uh, uh events for star wars and he loves um, his job and he loves his job yeah <laughs> That's really funny. By the end, I didn't even know what he actually does. Yeah, just like his parents. I don't know what you do either, but you seem so happy doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such like the biggest takeaway from this series is that, you know, even if you can't even put a job description to it, I think that's also limiting. Don't you agree? Yes. Yes. Um, I think that when it comes to uh, bigger corporations and organizations, they're starting to see that people want uh, and need um, not only in their career development diversity, but op- that, that that monotony is not only boring, but you you are going to lose a worker in yeah. that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, when you individualize a job, it makes someone want to stay because it is tailored for them uh, and it allows their their own um, growth and development. Now, you know, again, looking at a critical lens um, when it comes to work, you know, workers do uh, employers do ask workers to do more with a lot less so Mm -hmm. so there's that fine balance of like when are you um essentially abusing your employees and when are you um really highlighting their growth and development Mm -hmm. i can definitely relate to that (laughs) and i'll leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) um but i think what we also wanted to do is kind of talk about our road um in our careers because for us, like I mentioned earlier, we were taught that we should hold down a really stable job, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. um, like demonstrate longevity, demonstrate that you can be reliable and that you won't just leave. But me and Ariel have had different experiences, albeit similar. I don't know if that makes sense now, but you you could be the judge of that um, before we came to our professional careers now. So, Ariel, do you want to start off with the type of jobs you've had in the past? Yes. So um, I've been a babysitter. Uh, I've uh, been an after school aide. Um, I worked in the uh, yearbook editor and photographer, both in high school and college. Um, I was a columnist for my uh, my college school newspaper. Um, And then also in college, because I was in the art department, I was a human life model. So uh, I was naked. 
I was, uh, I was butt naked and got paid to do it, and people drew me and sculpted me. Uh, woo, if you go to... TMI, um, TMI. TMI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you go to Bethany College in Lindsborg, Kansas... Uh, little little Sweden, as it's called, you will see a naked statue of me as uh, <laughs> as mother goddess. Uh, so there you go. Um, I was uh, intern at a methadone clinic. I worked, wow, hard left. Hard left. I worked at a coffee juice bar at Whole Foods. Where spoiler, that's where we met. <laughs> Um, I contracted with the Navy as a therapist. I was a crisis counselor. Now I'm a clinical director in my own practice, and I do Yay. QA supervising uh, at um, an agency. So safe to say, whatever she started off with did not end up being what she ended with. <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm babysitting adults. Uh. <laughs> I think that's every job. Girl, food service, man, it's all babysitting. All babysitting. It is all babysitting. That is so interesting that you've had like this super squiggly line. Not mm -hmm. even it's not even linear. It's, it's just linear. like this weird squiggly shoelace of a line yes, of yes. the different types of job that you had. But I mean, I have to ask you the question. Do you still use the skills at least from 90 percent of your jobs yes. in your everyday practice? Yes. So um, being a columnist for the school newspaper, I write blog posts on my um, practice website in mm -hmm. order to increase um, SEO, search engine optimization, in order for people to find me on Google. I need more words that uh, are searchable. Um, mm -hmm. So I have to write stuff. And I'm, I don't want to write nonsense. Um, mm -hmm. No, I want to write blog posts that people are actually going to read um, with the the yearbook editing and the photography. Uh, you know, again, some of the, the pictures in the article um, I, I need in my blogs, I need to be able to incorporate those things. Anything in the mental health field. So like working at the methadone clinic, being a, a therapist, um, a contracted therapist for the Navy, even a crisis counselor, those my career path was to be a therapist. But mm. having those variety of experiences allowed me the opportunity to see not only a variety of clients, but to better understand them at different stages in their lives. Um, I, I had, you know, because oftentimes if you're going to be in mental health, you need to accept that a crisis will happen. But I was able to see a, what even that word crisis meant in a variety of ways, because um, you can have a, a client who who loses their partner suddenly and unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. That's that's a crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, and so being able to know how to how to address that and, and support my my clients um, definitely useful when it comes to the 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 naked modeling i don't have an only fan sorry <laughs> but um as as an artist i i have a huge appreciation for for the arts um and uh, i tend to now living in la live um surround myself with a lot of creators mm -hmm. um and uh i i do um have uh, lots of conversations about inspiration and and musing um and that uh, has led to, you know, me getting referrals of other people who are creatives in therapy. When it, when we're talking about networking, mm -hmm. that's that's it. Like as searchable as I can make myself on Google without paying ads, the biggest <laughs> thing is, is referrals from networking. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you said um, that it just expands your network. And that is like the one thing that is not taught in schools that you need to not only carve your own path, but you have to create a good network around you so that mm -hmm. you'll always have opportunity. Um, we hear so many stories of people being stagnant and yes. them not being happy. Yes. And 
that's also shown in many Disney movies where that person is just living in a cloud and, you know, not loving life anymore. And they need that breath of fresh air. And I think that's where, you know, your friends come in, yeah. your network, well, friends and, are friends. And, and even talking about like some of the episodes in the shorts, um, uh, you get to see the mo- Modern Family, that show. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. They, they highlight um, the importance of the table read because that's mm-hmm. maybe the only time they get to see everyone at once uh, yeah. doing the different scenes and and that desire for connection, that isolation mm-hmm. was not was what made the show thrive. It was the fact that they got to yeah. see each other, that they get to sort of ping pong ideas and shift and change the, like the script. Um, mm-hmm. that it's, it's essentially the same thing. Like some of the therapists I know who have had a huge burnout in therapies when they really feel sort of isolated in the experience. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent can agree with that. Um, and I think that if you guys are not familiar with the show Modern Family, which is now over, yeah. um, it was a very, very successful long running show on ABC and the way it works, it was kind of like a documentary, sort of like The Office and Parks and Rec, where they interviewed this family and their everyday lives. But many of these stories ran parallel to each other. Sometimes they never intersected. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think the table read was so important is because they never got to see each other as a whole family yeah. because their stories ran in um, different times throughout the episodes. And sometimes you wouldn't even see one of the families you would only see maybe two out of the three so um yeah i think that's super important and dad that you mentioned super burnout yes um i've mentioned before that i am an educator but Mm -hmm. i didn't always want to be an educator so ever since i started working at the age of 16 i got a food service job my first job was at jamba juice um yeah here in studio city um sherman oaks area and it was a job that I got without any experience. I like didn't really know anyone. I just went in, did the interview. Um, very scary. And because I landed that job, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to be here for a long time while I go to college because I was studying and going to work at the same time. Um, y'all know college is not cheap. So I had to put myself through college. And so I worked there for quite some time. I think I was there for, I think, five, five years. Wow. That seems like a long time. Oh, my God. So a baby <laughs> was. was born, learned to walk and talk and went to like <laughs> preschool the yes. whole time you're working at Jamba. The whole time I was working at Jamba and I was working and going, I was working like 30 hours a week going to school full time. So I had like 12 units. And so I needed to be at a job where I could kind of shut my mind off and just make smoothies because I was focused oh. so much on my schooling. But at the same time, I did not know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do journalism at one point because I had you know done journalism in high school here and there. Mm-hmm. But my parents just did not want that for me and was like, you need That's to not just a doctor. It's not a doctor. <laughs> so they were like, just fine. Literally what they said, I'm not knocking on them. I love my parents, but they said, you could do anything you want to do after you become a nurse. And I was like, wow, the heck does that make sense? <laughs> that doesn't make So you're telling me I have to do like two plus four I... years of my BSN and then I can do whatever I want. Uh, okay. And so what I did, I just you know, reclined to just doing the UC route. Everybody in California wants to go to UC school, UCLA, UC Santa Barbara, UC San Francisco, UC San Diego. There's like a set requirement that you have to, you know, make in order to go to those colleges. So I just mm-hmm, did that, mm-hmm. just prerequisites the whole entire time. Yes. I work from one food service job to another. Um, 
And then I ended up as a barista in like many, many different places. Um, but I was also a barista at Starbucks for a long time, just yes. like many people here in Los Angeles and around the world. Huh. And working at Starbucks really opened my mind to different ages of people um, that were at different parts in their lives. Uh -huh. A lot of them were in the um, film industry, the TV okay. industry. Mm -hmm. And so, so the, the dual job, that the is dual a, job was the, a real thing. More the the Starbucks, side gig is uh, yeah. the fact that you have a nine to five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of these people were working on scripts. They were in commercials. They were, you know, um, grips on set. They were just so many different things. And I was just like, oh, just because I work at Starbucks, should I be in the entertainment industry? <laughs> you know, I'm a huge pop culture consumer. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Push that out of your mind because your parents will never accept that. So here I am going through all these jobs, creating this big network because I know we talk about people jumping different jobs mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. almost looking down on them because you're just like, oh, you know, they don't have longevity. They don't have, you know, what it takes to stay with a company. But on yeah. the flip, yeah, yeah on the flip side, flighty, flighty yes, unexperienced, ungrateful. yeah, unexperienced, ungrateful. <laughs> um, aren't they happy that they just got hired and are working? And so I learned a lot from the people who came in and out of those jobs as I stayed stagnant um, for X amount of years that I was mm -hmm. at those jobs, and seeing their experiences, I was like, well, they are able to make it and they're able to survive. So yeah. why can't I do the same thing? Not, you know, I didn't just quit my job the next day. That just wasn't my MO. Like it wasn't <laughs> something that I was going to do, but it made still me gotta less. Pay the bills. Still got to pay the bills and go to school. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to say, oh, I can just do something else and try it out and see if that works. And that's actually how I got into education. I mean, I, I always volunteered to help take care of kids and, um, be a teacher of some sorts and every food service job, I ended up becoming a trainer. So I was already teaching without even knowing it. So when I had the opportunity to go teach overseas in Japan for a little bit, um, it kind of solidified that. I was like, oh, these are all the things that I've done already working food service. It's just, I get to focus on education. And you know, y'all know teachers don't make a lot. So, <laughs> but it was a traditional job. As they job. should, but. As they should, but that's a conversation for another podcast, perhaps. <laughs> um, Disney hire me. <laughs> <laughs> Disney you. Disney you. Um, so yeah, that brought me into education. And then I was able to go back, finish all those things, do the credential. Um, and now I'm a programs coordinator, which is a position that's not even in the classroom. I help create programming for after school and for um, sports yeah. and for arts, yes. all the things that I loved about being in school. I love the basic subjects, don't get me wrong, and I can teach the hell out of them. But my favorite parts of the day were art, were music, mm -hmm. were um, technology, computer classes, how mm -hmm. they called it in the early 2000s. <laughs> I love teaching all of those things and finding talent to teach those things mm -hmm. better than me. And I feel like that is because I was introduced to so many different talented people working those food service jobs that now I use that networking and that knowledge to seek out talent that can do their jobs way better than I could ever because I can't do everything. <laughs> and then I'm curious for you, because this is definitely what it is for um, therapists. And I think it is this way for teachers. Um, mm -hmm. There's a large amount of interning that we have to do that we don't get paid so for much so, so much like interning that methadone clinic uh, when i was an intern and not licensed to work there i i got a stipend for a hundred dollars 
I so I had to do the double jab. I had to work yeah. at Whole Foods with you because mm-hmm. I also had bills to pay. Yeah. And I, I think that's the same for teachers, correct? Totally. So when you're doing your your student teaching, it's either you're very fortunate that you don't have to focus on anything else except your lessons and your plans and doing your exams, or you could be like the other 99% of the population mm-hmm. who has to work at the same time. So at that point in my life actually was and I can't even wrap my head around how I did all this. I was working at Whole Foods for 40 hours at a new store. Mm-hmm. This is when you and I weren't working anymore together. Yeah. Um, it was a new store. I was working there 40 hours as a barista. I was finishing up my master's program and my credentialing. <sighs> and at the same time, making so I was making lesson plans. I was tracking all these. I was basically like the second teacher in the classroom. <sighs> and on top of that, I decided to get married. <laughs> <laughs> and plan a wedding <laughs> without a wedding planner. Okay, so, so technically she was already married. I was already married, yes. But um, you decided to get your wedding on. <laughs> yes, because, you know, every little girl's dream is to have her dream wedding. So that's what I was achieving my freaking dreams, damn it. And all so, of them at All once. of them at the same time. <laughs> and honestly, from, an, from a, a mental health standpoint, that was not okay because mm-hmm. I crashed and burned so bad after that. Yeah. And I think I took maybe a year or two of just doing, just going through the motions and just, you know, finding a job that had me grounded for a little bit because we don't think about the ramifications of working yourself that much. Like those are three really big life events at and, once. At once. And so, you know like lesson for you all out there if you are young (laughs) please don't burn yourself out take it easy don't take it easy please because you will have a better quality of life and you will be able to enjoy stop watch a seven minute disney short (laughs) Mm -hmm. be able to do those things and you know just just be yeah Um, and and i wish i had known that and even like uh, as Steph's saying you know some of us have a level of privilege so if you have the privilege to do your student teaching without mm-hmm. worrying about finances without um you know having to to juggle marriage and family in there with it um use it to uplift your peers man yes. be yes. very grateful for that level of privilege cuz yeah. i i remember witnessing Steph do this superhuman stuff at the time and I was I was just shocked that she she still had the energy to also try and enjoy life she still went to the parks oh my gosh I still went to so many concerts I think that was like the one time that I could stop so many concerts and I went to Disneyland all that time I think at that time because the annual pass or yeah the pass holder program was affordable it didn't skyrocket to those like prices at the time that was my release. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that was totally my release. I would yeah. go to Disneyland. Sundays were my Disney day. Yeah. And it was like time for me to just go to the park, decompress, not think about anything, turn off, unplug, and just sit on Main Street and eat my churro <laughs> in mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. Me and my husband, my fiance at the time. And we would just, we wouldn't even ball out, guys. Like we yeah. were so on a budget. And I think this could be an episode for another time. Um, how to do Disney on a super, super budget. Because yes. you guys, I have gone to Disneyland with just $20. Yes. And I was able to make it stretch the whole entire from 8 a.m. to midnight. Um <laughs> Because I was balling on a budget, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, um, we digress. Yeah. We digress, uh, as always. To to pivot back to our original <laughs> shorts. I'm Jobs. curious for you, 
Steph, in, in regards to these job shorts, was there a job that you were like, yeah, I want to do that or like a story that really hit you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I do want to mention something else right afterwards. Yes. Um, well, actually, no, I can mention now. it now. Yeah. So in in my journey of self-discovery, yes. I actually applied to Disney University and I got yeah. rejected. <gasps> it was like, why would they do that? So what had happened was after I like decided, oh, you know, I want to. I want to do something different and like, mm -hmm. let's just like throw things at the wall and stick. I found about Disney University. And if you don't know about it, it's basically a Disney internship, like huge internship program. Mm -hmm. You have to be enrolled in a um, either a community college or a state university and you apply for the Disney University and you get to work at the parks, see behind the scenes. And, you know, for those of you who might not want to know what they want to do yet, you can do that internship, Disney University get those credits and then maybe find a job that you like network at the same time yeah. so you have to go through this interview right and then so everything was all cool i was like i got this in the bag i go to disney all the time and then i think it was the question that said have you ever lied on the job oh and that is such a tricky question if you guys have worked different jobs it's such a weird question to ask too yeah because there's so we, many we worked as baristas of course we, we lied lie. a lot how guys yeah isn't it just working a job lying the entire time especially if you don't want to do it for the rest of your life but anyway they asked me that and i was just like well it's disney so i have to be honest or should i just lie just to get the job but then that would be me lying and so then i went to, to the this question hole. about lying so then i decided to tell the truth and i was just like yes i did and then it gives you an opportunity to explain and i said you know i lied in order for you know a customer to um choose something different and it wasn't like a bold-faced lie it was one of those let me check if i have it in the back and mm -hmm. then you go and check but you already know that you don't have it in the back uh -huh. and you just report like oh i'm so sorry like maybe can we offer this to you instead that kind of situation i explained it it was like such a good explanation and then i got my results and it said oh we are so sorry but unfortunately you do not fit um the role of what it takes to be a participant uh -huh. in disney university you can try again in I think it was like 12 months oh, or a year. Okay. And I'm like, I ain't got a year. <laughs> I don't have a year to spare. So I was just like, well, Disney doesn't want me anymore. So oh, what am I going to no. do? Heart crushing. Super heart crushing because I was like, oh, you know, like I'd be in the parks and everything. And I was like, well, maybe I can move to Anaheim. It was so disappointing to me. And I was like, am I not worthy? And then how did you how did you handle that rejection? Because if we're talking about you yeah. know, jobs, I think that um Okay, statistics show that apparently uh, women, particularly Western women, will only apply to a job if they meet 100% of their criteria. Yes. And um, Western men have been raised to apply if they only meet 60%. Mm. Um, and the big chunk of it, either way, um, is fear of rejection. So for oh, yeah. particularly for women, we expect it apparently from the psychology standpoint so we don't apply unless we know that we're gonna get it and so in this case you felt like you really knew oh so what i thought was i had it rejection like it was devastating it was so devastating and i think i probably had to process it over a couple months and i think i think at that time too now that i think back to it um i considered just going into the medical field because i was like if i can't even qualify for disney something that i love oh. then i'm definitely not worthy of doing anything else other than what i was told that i needed to do in my life so i had applied to like those vocational colleges um and if you go to a vocational colleges all the power to you guys are doing just amount the same amount if not more work than people are doing at universities mm -hmm. um for jobs that we really need but 
I went to one of those orientations, I think, to be a, um, I think it was just like a medical assistant. And it just mm-hmm. wasn't for me. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I was interested from a scientific standpoint and as an educator, but it wasn't something that I thought that I could do every single day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, what set the spark to really finding something else. And that's kind of probably how I made it to Japan. <laughs> and I taught over there because I just wanted to get away. And I think, you know, that that Disney University failure in my life is what really set me on that trajectory of like, yeah. you know what, let's just take yourself out of everything that you have been going for yeah. and reset and yes. put yourself in a new environment. And it was totally refreshing for me. And yeah. I was able to figure it out. Um, yeah, I think the 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 importance is that that um it's that continued taking a risk, right? Mm-hmm. Um if you if you don't apply, if you don't try, it's already a no because you didn't create the opportunity yeah. for a potential totally. yes. And um I mean soul crushing because it's Disney, right? Yes. Uh, um but it it doesn't sound like it what it deterred what you knew was right in your heart for you. And I, yeah. I think that's the other thing is sometimes we get rejection from I, I was rejected to so many agencies that I wanted to work at really big yeah. name agencies that I thought were going to, you know, um, uh, be where I was going to have my longevity. And I, I could have let that deter me from um, continuing on in my career to become a therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like, this is where I know I, I fit and this is how I, how I want to develop. And it sounds like for you, once you you knew education was potentially something that you wanted, once mm-hmm. you went to Japan, it solidified that. And then you yeah. realized that even education, the way that it was presented to you, it didn't even have to look that way. Yes, exactly. And I'm still continuing to find that out. And I always tell people who are teachers, associates and people who are doing their student teaching that, you know, expand your horizons because sometimes you're talents can take you elsewhere in the field and you just don't know a whole new world (laughs) how many times am i gonna sing that song (laughs) so many (laughs) at least you didn't misname thing today (laughs) (laughs) so far so far so far so far but um yeah that was a you know short little story that i actually forgot myself because like i said it was probably so traumatizing that i just push it out of my mind Mm -hmm. um but i think the overall um message of the disney shorts there's so many gems in yes. in these seven minute episodes um like the the animator who migrated from el salvador had to be away from his family i love that story so much and how his mom just like never gave up on him and gave him mm-hmm. that opportunity um and also yeah stage sage steel and you know her doing her thing as a sportscaster um I do wonder, and me and Errol talked about this, why they inserted Bob Iger in the <laughs> fourth episode. Like, guys, he's the CEO. I'm pretty sure that although it's attainable to be the CEO, we can push that episode back a little bit. But um, yeah, I love seeing how the park works and I love seeing the people. I'm way too shy to ask any cast member, you know, how they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, this is a really great way to, you know, see everything through their eyes as Disney fans and Disney workers. And, and, you know, I think, um, uh, in regards to the commercialism, like this could be seen as a, a recruitment <laughs> videos. Yeah. But are we really mad about that for young kids? No, no. I think like, again, in, in jumping and take how you took the risk to apply, it's like, well, why, mm-hmm. why not? Like if it can yeah. inspire someone to say like, Hey, I think, I, I think I'm an animator. Let me try and animate. Like, yeah. and let me just apply. Cause again, the worst you're going to get a no and you can continue to find other no's. So you get a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't put 
put yourself out there, if you don't create that network, that fluidity, then it, it will always be a no. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, like one of the stories that kind of stood out that also makes me think is is very similar to that. Uh, I think we talked about like almost almost doing more with less, but it actually being good is mm-hmm. um, there's a a uh, a ranch hand, uh, a woman who is a horse rancher who takes care of all the horses at Disney World, and um, so she shows uh, and and that that it's pretty much a majority of women, um, which is very un- unusual for um, the, the ranching industry. It's usually a male-dominated mm-hmm. industry. So majority of the uh, ranchers are women taking care of the horses. And uh, she also dresses up as the carriage driver for Cinderella for the weddings because mm. she has to be the one who, oh like, steers How the horses. <laughs> yes. And then she also gets to play the, the trolley conductor with the trolley horse that yeah. pulls the trolley. And that that is essentially that's part of her job. That's an expectation of her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it makes sense because it's it's all her taking care of these horses and she gets to play around and be in makeup and in costume and, and, and engage with like guests and also make sure that the horses are safe, that they're getting their needs met. And it's like all she's ever wanted to do was like work with horses. And it's like now you work with Disney horses. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that is a huge theme throughout a lot of these episodes where they just know what they want to do, but they didn't even think about Disney in the first place Mm -mm. and they end up doing it there anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's so many different, I mean, if you really take a big step back, you are creating many worlds Mm -hmm. in one place and to order, in in order to create those little worlds, you need to have people who have expertise in those worlds or else it's just going to look super fake. (laughs) And and it was interesting to hear her narrative because it was like, she met this person who essentially gave her the opportunity at, while she was working, I think it was either at at, at the bar at the feed store it was, it was something <laughs> weird like that um and someone he was like buying feed for the horses and she was just talking about her passion for horses and he's like oh come see the disney stables and then that was it and she's just been working there forever and no one thinks like i'm gonna be a ranch hand at the disney and, resort and then also dress up in costume and be <laughs> cinderella's carriage driver right so that's part of that like your dream sort of expands when you don't make it so small it makes me think of um, those little questionnaires that we have like kindergartners fill out. And, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they give you like the tiniest line. Yes. And, you know, these kindergartners, they write super big. Can you imagine a kid writing, I want to be a ranch hand at Disney and, you know, drive Cinderella. Right? <laughs> they would have to take like three different, you know, four different pages of that paper yes. to explain it. And I think that's I think that's really what we should take away from, you know, talking about our jobs and, you know, doing this through the lens of one day at Disney is that you don't have to fit yourself into a small box. No. Your description does not have to be 16 characters long. No, no. <laughs> it can be whatever you carve it out to be. Yes. Um, because everybody is super unique, individualistic, and we all have amazing talents. And one day at Disney is just one of those reflections of that. Yes, yes. I think that, that it's a uh, almost like a breath of fresh air to hear that people can be more than just the one career title, the mm-hmm. one hat, mm-hmm. um, and that 
um, that you have the right to to live your life as expansively as possible. And essentially, it, calling back to that original article we, we mentioned, that, that was it. People wanted to live a more fulfilling life that mm-hmm. meets multiple areas of their needs. We're talking about basic human needs. Like, it's more than just a paycheck that pays my house and food. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It doesn't have to just be a means to an end, yes. <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of better words. Um, but yeah, I mean, thank you guys for going on this journey with us. Yeah, <laughs> we, we got deep. We shared some We got stories. pretty deep. Yeah, we really did. And I think, you know, as we talk about how Disney plays this role in our lives, um, we'll, we would love to hear you guys and your stories. Um, definitely because we know our stories are just, you know, what is it, a blip in the universe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know... Everybody's Disney journey is so different. Um, But yeah, if you have any interesting jobs, either at Disney or not Disney, Disney related, go ahead and tweet. Um, Tweet at us at happiestpodgt or also um, DM us. Let us know your story on Instagram at happiestpodgt. Everybody have a Disney day. You too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time.